passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Washington offers a block. The blitz comes from the other side to Quell Jackson. And now again to Quell Jackson. You're listening to Believe in Colts with co-hosts Lawrence Owen and DeQuell Jackson, bringing you the latest and greatest about the shoe. Brady, middle, intercepted by DeQuell Jackson. Playfield, Bryant, intercepted, picked off at the five, touchdown DeQuell Jackson. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen, back with DeQuell Jackson to talk about the Indianapolis Colts and the NFL. How have you been this week? Dequell. Yeah, been good. Uh, been good. You know, it was a football game on this past weekend that everyone's up in arms about. I watched mm-hmm. a little bit of it, but uh, it was good to see a former Terp have a moment with his brother, Stephon Diggs and Tray- Trayvon Diggs. So it was great to see them have fun, bring their family out and friends and enjoy what the Pro Bowl should be all about is the time to spend with all, obviously your, 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 your teammates and uh, your opponents that you you played against all year long, but more so it's a chance for you to have fun and, and, and spend time with your family and enjoy yeah. being at the pro bowl, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of people, you know, watching that pro I, I missed the pro bowl personally because I was doing uh, a different professional business at the time. So yeah. I didn't actually get to see it, but uh, at the same time, uh, a lot of, like you said, a lot of people up in arms over it. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit more here after a bit, but right now, Guys, I'm telling you, the Super Bowl is coming up, right? And as always, Bet Online has you covered from odds, scores, totals, players, performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. Bet on Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. Bet Online's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds coverage is the best in the business from sports right now. Right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Just head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BLEAVE, that's B L E A V, to get you started. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games, Bet Online, where the game starts. Now let's talk about that Pro Bowl because yes, everybody's up in arms because they're like, this ain't even a game. Uh, no one's hitting. No one's. But as a player, you don't. I mean, first off, as a fan, you don't want your favorite player 
uh, to get hurt because these are your favorite players out there. You voted for them to go out here and make this right. This is an honor for them to be out there because, you know, it's, you know, uh, they're everybody voted for him, including fans. You you don't want to see him get hurt and then have to spend all the off season, not, not just relaxing and, and, and working right. on themselves, but working on get coming back from an injury. Right. Yeah, no, I, you're exactly right. As a player and as a play, former player who played in that game, my main concern was making it out injury-free. And mm-hmm. I think the Pro Bowl has kind of turned into this, this interaction between fans and players leading up to the game. I think the la- the game is just obviously for people who can't afford to be there and be in person and, and have a good time and spend time with the players. Listen, these players aren't, aren't, aren't risking their bodies to go out here and play a meaningful game, a, a game in a sense where it's not meaningful. The, you're not in the playoffs. You have guys like Kansas that play for Kansas City who are fresh off of a very long season. Two years in a row where last year they were in the Super Bowl. This year they made it up to the AFC Championship game. Those guys need a break. And listen, I, I get it. I get the fans' frustration. But from a player standpoint, every situation is different from a contractual standpoint. Some guys may be. Okay, some guys who made the Pro Bowl, they made a guy, let's let's say, for instance, Odell Beckham. I know he's playing in the, the uh, Super Bowl, but let's say a guy like him who was on a one-year deal, who's a star-studded box office player, he goes to the Pro Bowl and he gets injured. And no one, now you have a, a trickle effect of players saying, you know what, I'm not going to come. Because the purpose of the Pro Bowl is to have all your top players who your fans voted for to see in person playing together, played alongside each other. And quite frankly, if there was a scare that guys were getting injured, I can tell you right now, from the PA standpoint, from the player standpoint, you wouldn't see the the top uh, vote getters playing in this game due to uh, the fact that they could potentially get injured. So obviously I watched a little bit of the game. I know you were working. I watched a little bit of it. Uh, I didn't realize they weren't tackling anymore. I know in 2015, at least we were able to take guys to the ground, but it was a, a mutual, uh, you know, uh, understanding that if you were carrying the ball, you were going to go down. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. I think for the player standpoint, it's a way to interact with the fans. And then the game is just like, hey, let's just have fun. Let's get out of here injury free and let's move on. So, uh, you know, the, the fact and it's, it's fair to say it's not a game Well, it's not. You know, maybe you take the pass off and make it a, you know, a flag football game because you'll probably get more intensity at a flag football game than you will as opposed to everyone having on their their pass. So um, it's going to be a debate every year. So, like I said, I didn't get to watch the game, but I I did see some videos about it, you know, people reacting to the game. And uh, there's this really pretty famous podcaster out there that you used to be <laughs> teammates with maybe you heard of him, patty mack right pat mcabee yeah, uh, <laughs> he, he was talking about there's a couple things that he wanted that he talked about i want to discuss with you from your point of view as a former player first off during the game you was talking about you don't go full tilt not even close to full tilt you notice they ain't even bringing people to the ground anymore but he right. talked about how Micah Parsons, the rookie linebacker, oh my gosh. was going full tilt yes. 
and and it really ticked off the other team. Like like Ryan right. Kelly apparently went off and started you know having words with him. Right. If if something like that was happening and you were out there, <laughs> uh, what would you say to him when yeah. when when he's out there just going full tilt like you, that? You, you can't say anything to him. He's a rookie. That's the speed he decides to 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 move at. Then someone has to stop him, put him in his place. But you you always have guys like that that just only know one speed, and that's partly why he's been so great. Yet he, he has mm-hmm. such a great uh, rookie season. So it was his first time out. Let's see. You know, he, he seems like a guy. If he can stay injury free uh, and still be able to produce numbers the way he did for Dallas, he'll be in that game a lot. Uh, um, plenty, uh, plenty of times in the future here, and I'm sure he'll dial it down. But if I were out there, there's nothing you can say to him. You can mention to, him, hey man, slow that, slow down. You know, no one else is is going that fast. We don't want to get anyone injured. But he's young. He's 22. He's a rookie. He didn't know any better. But uh, you always have got. It, that reminds me years ago, and I've seen videos people posting about it of the late great uh, Sean Taylor. Mm-hmm. You know, the way the intensity that he played the game, he played the game at one speed, whether it was the regular season, postseason or the Pro Bowl and the famous, you know, video of him decleating the punter uh, was just legendary. But a, a lot of people don't bring that type of intensity. And it depends on the era you are, you know, back in the old days, back 10, 15 years ago, they were playing. They were playing hard and it was enjoyable. But, you know, guys have. Guys are worth just as much off the field as they are on the field, and they're protecting their brand in a sense. I know it doesn't sound, you know, it doesn't sound, you know, this this is the climate that we have to operate in when it in terms of professional athletes. They have a lot to lose, and this is one game they're not trying to lose anything. They're trying to gain the fan, um, the fan interaction, and and hang out and and enjoy your family and friends. And the last thing you're thinking about is going out to play a competitive game. See, I, I kind of look at that. And from a, an everyday person standpoint, the guy who goes, you know, and has a nine to five job goes out and works all the time. I kind of yeah. see this as like, uh, you're, you're going out there, you're working and a new guy comes in. Right. And you're like, a, <laughs> you've, been, right. You, you, you've been at this plant or whatnot for like 10, 15 years. And this new kid right. is just coming in. He's just working his tail off, busting butt. And, and, and all the, all the veterans are like, well, whoa, 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 slow down, dude. You're going to, you, you know, yeah, make yeah. us you make things look bad. You're going to end up hurting people because we're not going at that speed. You don't need to go at that speed. Right. right. So yeah, that, that's yeah, how it, I see it. Yeah, I, hopefully he's, you know, I don't know him personally. I don't know anyone that knows Michael Parsons, but maybe he's that way in walkthroughs in the middle of a season. You're walking through and he's the guy that's going, you know, uh, that can't control his tempo, but he either be, better be great at it or or I don't know. It was his first one. He had nerves. I remember, remember my first one. I didn't know the tempo and no one would kind of tell me. You just had to fill it out as you played. And quickly you realize the O-line isn't, you know, trying to rip your head off or anything like that. So you can get a, keep a nice little tempo about yourself and, and come out of the game injury free and have fun doing it. There's a lot of talking going on and a lot of, you know, like we saw Stefan Diggs playing DB against his brother, who's the DB who was playing receiver. So you see a lot of that and it's a fun time. It's a fun time. And unfortunately they can't satisfy the fans in this regard of, 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 them yeah. you know playing full tilt which i don't think is ever going to happen <laughs> there was a guy on the opposite side of the the ball that 
likes to play full tilt as well that represented the horseshoe. A few of them, actually. We already mm-hmm. talked about Ryan Kelly, Quentin Nelson. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor was over there as well. He's a full tilt guy as well. Right. I, I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if, if, if Kelly Nelson and Taylor were ever on the field at the same time when, when Micah was out there and they were like, all right, guys, we're going to run it directly at Micah and <laughs> right. go and let, let, let's put him on his butt to show him what we're talking about here. Right. right. But, Slow down guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if he's a, if he disrupts the game, mm-hmm. then you can't throw the ball down the field to sack every play. And who wants to watch that? Mm-hmm. You know, people want to see the ball thrown down the field, interceptions. That's all the game is about, just airing it out, jump balls. You know, you may throw to a a, a, a running back down the field or a defensive guy that's playing offense now. That's what it's about. You try to entertain the best way you can. But, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to argue that point, right, for the the, the regular 9-to-5 fan who wants to see an, a, another game. I get it. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's why they added one more game. Mm-hmm. You know, because fans can't get enough of it. But yeah. from a player standpoint, it's all about perseverance. It's all about preserving at that point, especially yeah. when you're not playing any more organized football until May and the offseason and all that. But again, the players get a lot out of it. I'm telling you, man, it's a great, it's a great, great week of just being around all the greatest players to play, older players coming to town. Um, you know, so for me, it was I was getting so many autographs and, and shaking hands and exchanging phone numbers. You rarely get that. Uh, you rarely get that throughout the course of a year. So from a from a from a player's uh, perspective, you go there to, to meet other people and, and just have a good time. It's a vacation. But you're, you're playing a, you're playing your, your respective sport. And uh, in the end, it's about the family, too. It's about the family that, that came to see you play and all that good stuff. And, and it's a really fun time. Yeah. Uh, the other point that Pat McAfee brought up, I wanted to bring this up with you because, again, it's it's something, you know, I want another player's perspective on this. He said he'd like to see it changed at the time that they play it. Uh, more similar to the all-star games of like the NHL, the NBA, and, right. uh, you know, the, the baseball um, where it's more mid-season, where you know you you, you have a, a kind of a your all-star break uh, mm-hmm. mid-season, and right. then and then you 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 have that game there. It's more of a promotion thing for the NFL itself right. to you know keep people in, in involved and 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 maybe bring ratings up a little bit more mid-season. Right. Yeah. It's an, it's an idea. Uh, however, I don't I don't think I mean. If they can pull it off, I believe the NFL would try to do it for that standpoint. But I think it's for midseason with the NFL, where right now we have Thursday night games, we have Saturday night games, we have Monday night games, Sunday night games, to 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 try to figure out a schedule. And I want to play devil's advocate. To try to, to figure out a schedule to play this game midseason, can it be done? Yes. Do I think it's, it protects the players? Heck no. Because that's one more game. You think the game isn't played with intensity now. What do you think is going to happen if we decide to move this game to midseason? No one's going to show up. And if it's <laughs> me, if I'm on a, a, a team that's contending to go, you know, that's going to be in the playoffs and potentially play for a Super Bowl, hell, I'm thinking about, again, I probably won't show up. I'll probably yeah. use that time. Does the rest of the league get off during that time? I'll take that time to go vacation or kick my feet up and recharge my batteries. But it's a good point by Pat. I mean, it, 
to to try to shake things up. I think it's a good point, but I, I however I think it's a long shot. I don't think guys would agree to do it. You know, that's a that's a that's a situation where you know I'm looking at it. I'm like, well, how would you deal with the bye weeks? Is, are you just going to make that as the bye week for every single team in the NFL? Right. Right. You know, and say, okay, everybody's got an equal bye week right middle of the year, right. or are you going to add that to the already established bye weeks that they already have, just to to make sure that everybody has that that, right. that going there, on? I, I don't so know. Many levels to, there's so many levels to it because if you're in the Pro Bowl now, a team is still probably game planning, game planning, and they need all their guys. To, I mean, it's just it's so many levels to it. I like that idea of it, but I don't think you could. You can force these guys to play full tilt. That's what it boils down to. That's what mm-hmm. fans are mostly complaining about, and some former players are too, about the intensity of the game. Do I think they should make it more competitive? Absolutely. Everyone wants to see them play a competitive game, but you know, I, I, the time I did tune in, I mean, they weren't tackling for Christ's sake. They they were barely, you know, they were playing two hand touch. So take the pads off. Take the pads off. Put some flags on them possibly. And I promise you, you'll have a more competitive game, but then the O line and D line are out of the equation. What do they do? (laughs) You know? So uh, I don't think this, I think this is pretty much set in stone unless they decide not to play a game, which no one wants that because everyone wants to watch football right after the, the the conference championships and uh, the the Super Bowl. So I think it's in a good place to be honest with you. I think I really do. So people, so the players do not play full tilt on the pro bowl because they're protecting themselves. Those of you, those of you watching and listening right now, you need to protect yourselves when you are online. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what Nord VPN is here for to give you pace, peace of mind while you're online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get nordvpn is the world's best vpn service offering the fastest connectivity the most servers the next gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure plus you can use the nordvpn on all your computers and devices no matter the operating system with nordvpn's unlimited bandwidth you'll never have to worry about slow connection and plans start so low that it's cheaper than buying a cup of coffee it's less than four bucks a month so grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe that's B-L-E-A-V to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. Hey, it's risk-free as well because they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. There you go. There you go. Nord-V- all right, now let's get into the next spot. All right, yeah. but let's talk about this DC hire that yeah. kind of wow. Personally, yeah. I had someone else in mind, but this guy right here was actually my number two, you yeah. know, because he's got experience and he's got some massive experience at at the defensive coordinator position. Gus Bradley, what are your thoughts on this hire? I love the hire. I really do. Gus Bradley is a guy. Let me let me back up. What Iberflus was able to create from a fundamental standpoint, the principles of playing the game, 
the right way defensively. I thought he did a masterful job. All the intangible things that this defense was able to accomplish last year, turning the ball over at a high clip and running to the football, he had a huge emphasis on that. I think it was knowing those things as as a GM and as a as a head coach, you had to bring in someone that had, you know, in, in Gus Bradley's case, since 2009, he's either been a head coach or a DC. And so he's a guy we all familiar, we're all familiar with his defense in Seattle. Uh, you know, 2012, 2013, where he just he literally had the best defense in football and he's carried that with him along the way. And I think it's a great hire because he's a guy who understands because of how this defense played last year. They played a lot of zone match coverage. What Gus Bradley brings is just that three buzz. You want to hear a lot of cover three. Everyone talks about the cover three and how he was able to manipulate that coverage years ago. And I remember being in India at the time. We called it three buzz. It's a it's a <laughs> based on your formations, based on routes behind you. It can become either a traditional cover three where everyone is dropping in their zones or it becomes a match zone coverage based on formation, pre snap formation, based on routes after the snap. So I think it's a great hire from the standpoint of he has instant credibility in that room. Uh, again, he's had he's been a head coach, a defensive coordinator. This is probably this is as good as you can get, you know, from what Ibraflus left behind. You have guys at the Pro Bowl. You have guys on the D-line standpoint who's a Pro Bowl at DeForest Buckner. You have uh, Darius Leonard, the second level of your defense, who's a Pro Bowler. And you have Kenny Moore, the second, third level. That's a Pro Bowler. So this is a great this was a sought after position, in my opinion. For any defensive coordinator to come in and take over a team that has pro bowlers at each level, they're fairly young, but they can get better with passing, uh, rushing the pass and so forth. So I thought it was a great hire in that sense. Oh, man. Gus Bradley. I'll tell you what. Okay, so there's a lot that to unpack with this with this hire. First off. He had an interview right after he got hired, right, with Colts.com. And yeah, yeah and he talked about. Look, mm-hmm. he, he he loved what Eberflus brought. He is he teaches the same thing, you know, that whole right. intensity and 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 the no right. loafing thing, stuff like that. But he also said, you know, sometimes you got to you got to stay ahead of the curb when it right. comes to facing offenses. You need to be two right. or three two or three years ahead of right. what the offenses are going to be. And I love that right. that he he said, you know, you got to be ahead of them, right. and. No matter where he's been at, he knows how to bring the pressure, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been a DC in three different places, yeah. three different places. Now I'm going to, I'm going to read some stats here and it's just going to be mind boggling. Okay. His first DC position obviously was with the Seattle Seahawks, right? Mm-hmm. But the year before he got there, they were 25th in the NFL in points allowed at 24 and a half points okay. and 30th in yards. At 378, he got them to 306 yards per game, mm-hmm. which was fourth in the NFL. And as you mentioned earlier, got them to only 15.3 points per game allowed, which was the best in the NFL. Yeah, I was going to say that has to be the best. <laughs> best in the NFL. The next time he became a DC, because we're not going to, we're not even going to talk about his stint as a head coach with the Jacksonville. First off, he was a head coach, which is a completely different position. Plus, 
look, uh, if Jaguars <laughs> fans listen to this, I'm sorry, but I mean, you know, you are what you are. Uh, <laughs> and you was good enough to beat us the last last game of the season and take us out of the uh, very the, true the playoffs though. So I'll give you that much. But then he be, then he went to the Chargers as a DC, mm-hmm. and the year before he was hired, they were 29th in the NFL in points per game allowed at 26.4, and they gave up 347 yards per game. Mm-hmm. He got the Chargers to giving up only 21.6 points per game. Now that that's not amazing. It's not like top five, but it's improvement. That's, that's, that's still uh, almost, you know, what was that? Five points improvement. Mm-hmm. And he only gave up. And, and at that same time, they only gave up 313 yards per game, which was sixth best in the NFL right. for that team. Right. Right. So, in massive improvement on all across the board at the Chargers. Now, last year the Raiders had him. Mm-hmm. And the year before he's took over, they were 30th in the NFL in points per game, which was 29.9. Oof. And 25th in the NFL in yards given up at 389 yards. They were awful yeah. across the board defensively. Pretty much. In one year, that one year that he played with them. He dropped the points per game down by four solid points. Mm-hmm. And uh, yardage-wise, more than 50 yards a game, 337, which got him to uh, the top half of the NFL. In just a single year, you right. saw massive improvement across the board. And then, of course, the reason he's still not with the Raiders is because of you know the, the termination of the head coach and all that, and they had to go get a new head coach. So... The whole right. system got changed up, and he was a free agent coach sitting out there. Right. And he was, I'm telling you. He, he wasn't was, going to last long. <laughs> no, he was highly, highly yeah. sought after. Right. And the Colts had a highly sought after uh, defense to be coached because of what you talked about. It just felt like it was something that was just mutual, like two mm-hmm. sought after situations coming together. Yeah. And personally, I think, this might have been the best move the Colts could have done. No doubt. Because with, with you could legitimately see the Colts defense becoming top 10 again straight through uh in the next in the next coming seasons. And I'll and I'll add this. I think this is probably aside from his stint with the Chargers, you know, with Bosa and Chris Harris and those guys, this could arguably be the his best roster thus far that he's had since he left Seattle. And he mm-hmm. talked about it on his presser soon after he got the job was, you know, having Pro Bowl guys at each level of the defense. What that means from, from a coach, from a player standpoint is leadership. The guys who mm-hmm. make the most plays in the locker room, they inherently become your leaders. And these three guys, DeForest Buckner, consummate leader, he's he's everything the Colts want out of their players. And Darius Leonard, same you can say the same about him, Kenny Moore the second. Who doesn't love Kitty Moore and how he plays the game? So this was a this was a defense that I think he's going to take to that next level, as you alluded to, and 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 um, just mentioning his previous stints and him being a defensive coordinator. But I'll say this: because of the success Flus had with this defense and the imprint that he was able to leave here, don't be surprised if Gus Bradley 
not only makes this defense better, but this props him to becoming a new another head coach in this league. I think this was this was one of those positions where you bring a guy in, and if you do well here, if you can improve on already solid defense, there's a good chance you're going to leave this position and become a head coach someplace. Listen, Flus did it. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, I love what Gus Bradley brings. He brings that combination scheme of a four-three mixed with a three-four. Uh, he allows his guys to get in wide nines and rush the passer. You look at what the how he improved Yannick and Dockway. He's a Maryland guy. He yeah. was brought over and he was the he led, you know, the Las Vegas Raiders in sacks. So he understands defense, defenses. I think I believe I've never met Gus Bradley, but we could probably all agree he's a really great communicator because if you're not and guys don't want to play for you, your defense won't reflect. Your defense will reflect that. And I think that's, you know, just listening to him talk about um, being in the building, meeting Frank Wright, and just being a part of this co- the Colts culture, I think will bode well with him and, and the players will see that from the very beginning. You want to make some money? Hmm. How about investing it in an exciting asset that's outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% for 25 years? I'm talking about art. Masterworks is a new investing app that allows you to invest in blue chip paintings from icons like Picasso, Monet, Warhol, without needing millions and millions of dollars. Over 300,000 people have already signed up. Get priority access with our unique promo. Log on to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art dot art slash believe that's b-l-e-a-v see important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures see there's going to be a lot of people out there that's going to look at this and go oh no it's another zone scheme kind of thing going on and there's a lot of different wrinkles in schemes whether you know and Here's here's the thing. The one thing that a lot of people complained about, including you and I, about mm-hmm. Matt Eberflus's was he was more of a reactive type coach, yeah. right? Where you set your guys back, you pay attention, and you react to whatever happens. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and, and that ends up, um, unless you have premier pass rushers, you right. end up giving up yardage, right? right? You get turnovers, but you end up giving up a lot of yardage. Right. Gus is more of a proactive guy from what I can tell where mm-hmm. he will be very aggressive with his play calling, even though it is a, a zone scheme type thing, he's mm-hmm. going to try to manipulate to get to the pass, uh, to get pass rush. He's going to manipulate to, to, even though they're in a zone to be more of that, you know, uh, man kind of scheme, even though you're in a zone that you had talked about earlier in the podcast that I see, where if they come through, you immediately take them and kind of follow them while you're in your zone and then, you know, hand off as they go into someone else's zone, which I like a lot more than than what I saw for the most part of yeah. what Matt Eberflus had. So I, I think I think fans will like this a lot more. Yeah. And if you pay attention, you may not realize it unless you look at film, but the proactive is much different than a reactive type zone scheme. Yeah, and Gus Bradley, he's he mentioned what makes him so unique, I believe, is he really identifies with the talent that he has. 
-hmm. in Seattle, he was able to rush four and play a three buzz coverage on the back end because he had ball hawks on the back end. He had enforcers on the back end and you had diggity dogs on your as your front four rushing the passer. So he fudged. He did what they he allowed them to be successful based on their skill set. And I think that's what he will bring to this team and particularly Darius Leonard. I'm biased to play linebacker position. And anytime you bring in a new coordinator, the linebackers are really, you know, it affects you. It affects whether will he be a, a guy that's going to completely change his game because he can he's proven that he can rush. He's a great pass rusher. So I would assume Gus Bradley already has his mindset of this idea that, hey, he's going to be my rushing uh, linebacker, but he also can cover. So and. We watched the well, we, the little bit of the Pro Bowl we did watch. Guess who had a pick six? Darius Leonard. Right. He's a ball hawk, so he's going to find ways to put him in position to be successful. And we're going to don't be surprised if we see guys like Kawiti Pay and some other guys really flourish because Gus Bradley is going to hone in on what these guys do best from an individual standpoint and collectively figure it all out. And to your point about him being proactive, that's what proactive means. I'm not going to sit back and just run my defense, no matter who is is my Leo or who's my my linebacker or who's my my safety. No, I'm going to call plays and I'm going to adjust my scheme based on the personnel that you have. And that's partly why he's been so successful. Yeah. And that's another thing. If you look at individual players on the teams, just 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 look at last year. Right. Mm -hmm. When you look at the Raiders, Max Crosby's been around a while. Right. But his name popped this year, right? Right. right. While under Gus Bradley. I yeah. mean, he was in the backfield all the time. Yeah. Now, if he could do something like that with, with a pay or a Teray or something like that, mm -hmm. you know, on the edge, that would be absolutely fantastic. He right. talked about in his presser how he loves on the film that he sees that the Colts have really, really good yeah. uh, linebackers for pass rushing, like what you was just talking right. about. Right. Last it's, year, it's, Darius Leonard did not get a single sack. Not a single sack. Yeah. He wasn't blitzing yeah. that much. Uh, right. Matt Eberflus didn't blitz that much with the linebackers. Right. And he's he really gave, good at doing that. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I I expect to see a lot more of that under, mm -hmm. under, under Gus Bradley. And this is why I absolutely love this hire because this is going to be a, a, a more – I think it's going to be a more aggressive style of defense. And, so. and, again, you know, um, he's, he's going to – I think he, he also, from what I could tell, watching the games, uh, the Raiders game, he schemes versus teams, right? right? Right. And that's what I like a lot as well. It's not just, oh, I'm going to play, you know, my yeah. style of game. Right. And, and, and that is that. Gus is a guy who's going to look at the other team, look at his guys and go, what's the best I could, best way I could do to get my guys in a position to make plays against the people that we're playing against, not just in general. Right. And I think he understands like there's multiple ways of getting after mm -hmm. the passer. If again, you go back to Seattle and some of the things that he's done in the past, he's always had a pretty decent front four that can rush the passer. And he's, he talked about it in his presser just a touch, but you know, winning and getting after the passer in multiple ways, either by four down linemen or bringing an extra guy or finding out who's that guy. You know, Kenny Moore is a great blitz off the edge, and which is rare. But I think in the in all, Gus Bradley hit the trifecta. It was a really 
really good defense, young defense that Matt Eberflus did a great job and to identify. So what Gus Bradley doesn't have to do is harp on the fundamentals. Is when I'm talking fundamentals, I'm talking about running to the football, uh, the intangible things, stripping the ball, or, or you know, the ball is is what we want. You know, he doesn't have to. Obviously, he has to keep that momentum going, but he is a lot ahead of the game with this defense as opposed to going anywhere else, in my opinion. And I think he's going to do a great job. And I feel like a lot of fans don't really truly understand just how good this this uh, Gus Bradley is. And I'll add another uh, layer to this. He's going to be able to generate some really good assistant coaches, you know, oh, yeah. with his with his credibility, with his success throughout the National Football League. He's going to bring in, give me some time. Uh, you know, there's a rumor mill going out of different guys or what have you. But these guys that he brings in are going to be guys we're very familiar with and or have been proven in this league on a year in and year out basis. One thing I do want to bring up, we talk about, you know, uh, you know, stars at, at each level. When he was in Seattle, you know, that first year, he had two young safeties, right? Mm-hmm. He had an enforcer at the mm-hmm. strong safety position. And and when I say he, he that was his nickname, the enforcer, right? <laughs> and and then he had that that playmaking free safety, right? Mm-hmm. And and that really solidified that defense, right? Right. Right. The Colts have a very similar setup right yeah. now. You know, Kari Willis is that box mm-hmm. enforcer type safety. Right. And if Blackman can stay healthy, He's proven that he's got that ability to be that sideline to sideline playmaking free safety, in my yeah. opinion. So keep an eye on that because I think Gus Bradley can bring out the best in both of those guys. Yeah, no, no doubt. I think secondary is definitely his calling card because the defense that he created that everyone tried to duplicate throughout the National Football League, he's one of those guys. There aren't many guys that when you play in the league that – there's a defense created from this guy that's still coaching currently. And Gus Bradley is one of those guys. Every team in the National Football League that runs defense has a variation of what he did in Seattle. And he's the guy who created this buzz concept. For him, I think it's going to be important to trust the guys that we have in the building. Um, maybe you make a splash in the draft to add depth, but he's going to make sure – I'm going to look I'm going to be interested to see who he brings in as a DB coach because that is going to be very vital to this team's success as it was last year you know with Xavier Rose being up and down not fully being healthy playing musical chairs from a, a cornerback standpoint not having your 11 show up week in and week out that are, that's available for you so I think in that regard he we're going to we should see improvement and I'm I'm very excited about this hire. This is a re- really quality hire that can, he kind of uh, fell under the radar a bit, you know, mm-hmm. Gus Bradley. And um, I'm glad he chose the Colts because I feel like this team will have a new identity. This team will not have that identity that you and I would get frustrated with last year, just yeah. sitting back and, and Ben don't break type of mentality. I think yeah. this guy's going to bring in a different attitude, uh, different swagger. Uh, that we're going to go out and play the game that we play and we're going to impose our will on you as opposed to being reactionary and taking the left, the left hook and then figuring out a counter. No, we're going to come out punching. And I think that's what he's going to bring 
definitely to this uh this unit for sure you know you talk about the secondary hire and uh with the with the coach and you know we i, I talked about I, I thought our best position coach was mm-hmm. our cornerbacks coach right and mm-hmm. of course he got taken in Chicago. Uh, fully fully expected that to happen (laughs) in my opinion you know i i saw a lot of improvement in the sec we all saw a lot of improvement in our secondary this year but the thing that we need the most in my opinion is that d-line improvement right no doubt and and that's the the guy i am waiting to see who he gets that that defensive line coach someone who's going to be able to coach up and bring the best out of these guys, especially our defensive ends, our, our edge pass rushers. Those right. are that's such an important position. Really and is. we did we did not get what we needed as a team. And no offense to the players, but right. as a team, we didn't get what we needed from them at that point. And I put that more on the defensive line coach personally because yeah. you know no we've already here yeah, <laughs> not here now. And I think part of it, it was, you know, you know, flus, you know, it was frustrating at times. You know, you're putting your your secondary in harm's way when you can't generate a pass rush or you just abandon it altogether. At times it felt like he abandoned it, you know, and we were only getting pressure from Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore was, you know, obviously Kuwaiti Pay came along before, you know, all these guys, you know, played well at, at times, but it wasn't consistent. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you didn't, they didn't fear anyone. No, you know, a team walking into uh, Lucas Oil wasn't feared about, you know, the pass rush that we want to generate. And that's something that's very important to any team and to a Gus Bradley defense. He's got to figure out a way to get the most out of these young pass rushers that we have because it, you know, and, and I feel like that will be a focal point to to help with this new identity. <laughs> you know, he, he's going to bring some intensity and it starts up front. It really does, and I, I think he he and I, I've heard whispers that possibly Rob Marinelli could possibly be a D line coach, and he's a guy who's been in the league for a number of yeah. years, and he's a proven guy. And I think that's the effect bringing in you know uh, uh, a guy like Gus Bradley and the success he's had on the defensive side. What assistant coaches can he bring? And I think the minute you get one, it's going to be a domino effect. Now you're you're able to to get other guys to say, okay, you know what? They're building a championship roster from a coaching standpoint because obviously you feel like you have a championship roster from a player standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so I I think we're getting a little bit close to the end of this. I, just real quick, uh, will you be interested in doing a stream later this week to kind of pre-do the the Super Bowl? Oh, sure, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So everybody watching and listening, keep your ears and eyes open. We're going to have something going on probably later this week to discuss the Super Bowl. I just wanted to make sure that that was, that was out there. Is there any final words you want to talk about before we uh, get out of here? No, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this upcoming game. Um, you know, the Bengals. The Bengals have have uh, shocked the world being in the position they are to play for a Super Bowl. And, oh, yeah. You know, there's a, there's a great storyline there. There's a star-studded storyline on the other side of the ball or the other team with the Rams. So it's going to be interesting, but I'll I'll keep all of that for the next episode. But uh, you got it, man. You can take us home. All right, guys. Thank you so much, Dequell, for taking time out, sit here and, and discuss everything that we discussed today. Man, it was a lot of great information. I appreciate your insights.
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you are watching this on YouTube, please don't forget to smash that like button, hit subscribe if you're not subscribed, and tag that notification bell so that you are notified next time I go live and or upload a video. And if you are listening to this wherever you listen to your audio podcast, make sure you download it and share where you got it because it's people like you that help us grow and become a little bit more out there for other people because the more people that download it, the more the other uh, platforms will push us a little bit more. So we appreciate you so much. And until next time, I'm Lawrence Owen. Uh, that's Dequell Jackson. This was Believe in Colts brought to you by Bet Online. And as usual, go Colts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.